Hey friends, it is a new week. Welcome to the Revelation Wellness Podcast. We're so happy that you've joined us today for an episode of Revving the Word. Before we get to our episode though, we want to talk to you about something important. We want to talk to you about our upcoming marriage retreat. You know and I know that life can get so busy in this current day and age that we're living in. And it is easy for our marriages to take a back seat to the long list of our to-dos. And that's why we're hosting Reconnect, a virtual marriage retreat. This is gonna be an intentional time for you to make your marriage a priority, to stop rushing around and ending each day exhausted. This is a time for you to get away from your responsibilities and the demands of raising a family so you can grow closer together. Now we've made this retreat easy for you to be a part of because it's virtual. There's gonna be teachings, there's gonna be some times of movement, there's gonna be a be still and be loved part of the marriage retreat, which we know so many people love. And we've also included in the schedule long breaks for you to take the time to spend together, connect and discuss what you're learning. This retreat will be held live August 20th and 21st. But here's the good news. If those dates don't work for you, you can schedule it for a future weekend that works better for your family. The content is yours to keep for a full year and you can do it anytime you want or redo it anytime you want. Friends, we encourage you to take this opportunity, take a break in your routine, Get your spouse and head to a hotel or take an overnight somewhere where you can just focus on your marriage, focus on each other, and enjoy this time together. Now you can visit the link in our show notes to learn everything you need to know about Reconnect, to watch our video talking about what's going to happen, and register. We hope that we will see you soon for reconnect our registration for the event closes august 20th so don't wait sign up today and now on to our revving the word episode we hear over and over again how much you all look forward to these episodes and we look forward to doing them in community with you there is no substitute for starting our week in the word moving with people in community so let's go move together Peace. Getting the playlist going in three, two, one, play. All right, let's take a deep breath through our nose and out our mouth. Make it pretty audible. Okay, so back by popular demand. You guys are awesome. You give us feedback in what you want and what you want more of. And it goes in two directions. Some of you really love the Lectio Divinas. Actually, you can love both of these. The Lectio Divinas where we just read the word and you sort it out with the living God yourself. 
we also got a lot of feedback that you enjoyed going through a book, which is so appropriate. You guys are so well balanced and whole because we worship in spirit and in truth, and that's always happening. So when I read the word, the spirit is helping us to discern the word. And the spirit itself that speaks to us all day long, whether we are not, whether we are in the word or not in the word, is always speaking so that we become the word. So the word is amazing. Listen, you need the word of God and I pray that you are reading it for yourself before you come here with me. That would be amazing. So we are going to go through the book of Jonah. We're going to go into the Old Testament. Because I told you guys, we're not going to pick and choose. The full counsel of God holds itself together in tension. He's a holy God. <laughs> and I am not here to tell you that his wrath doesn't exist. It does. Because he's adamant about us living to our fullest potential, being completely who he's made us to be. I'm a, I'm a parent. I'm adamant about that for my children. I will fight for that. Any enemy comes to try and take that, I'm going to get big. <laughs> I guess I've got some wrath. because of what I love and who I love. So we're living in a time where we want to cut out the things of God that feel heavy and harsh. And y'all, that stuff heals us. It's the truth that sets us free. But we cannot handle the truth if there is no foundation of love because God so loves. So there's tension. There's things that we go, well, that doesn't look very loving, God. That doesn't sound very loving. And so some people have pushed themselves away from the table of God's banquet feast, his love feast, because there's some stuff on the table that they go, I don't like that. It doesn't taste good. And the father goes, yeah, but it's good for you. So. We are worshipers here in spirit and in truth. Do not put me in a bucket. <laughs> we will be whole people unified in the written word of God as the Holy Spirit speaks to us and helps us apply it into our life, okay? So God, come, Holy Spirit, teach. Jesus, thank you. Triune God, we love you and we need to be loved by you because your love chases out all our fear and leaves behind perfect, perfect love. Help us to be hearers of the word 
and doers. That we aren't just consuming your word without putting it into practice. In Jesus' name, amen. On a scale of one to 10, I want you to be a seven. Remember, one is eyes open, breathing, laying down. You're alive. You're here. You're conscious. Ten all-out effort. Anything above a five, you are focused on activity. Notice your breath. All right, the book of Jonah, everyone. It's just four chapters. Four chapters in the Old Testament. Written sometime around 782 to 753 BC, before Christ. Before the revelation of God coming in the flesh, we have these prophets. Now the book Jonah, although um, we don't know who authored it, we do know that even though it's been debated, is it allegorical? Is this just a story? Or did this really happen? Well, we do know that Jonah was a real prophet. He really existed. And I don't know if you heard about this. Somewhere in Florida recently, some scuba diver got swallowed by a whale. <laughs> really happened. and we tend to say it's just a story that couldn't happen I don't know I tend to just lean to the side of teach me anything to build my faith God and faith it doesn't punt on reasoning but it also doesn't count it worthy like if I understand it then I'll believe it tree of knowledge of good and evil be careful, we ate from that, and look where it got us. So most commentators will agree that this is a historical book about an actual prophet. And the book's overall theme is about the boundless compassion of God. It's a great book because it shows God's intensity and his, his pursuit for people's hearts at all costs, even if a few get hurt so that many could be saved. So with that in mind, I'm going to ask the bigger question. I think the book of Jonah begs us to ask this question. And every week, for the next four weeks, does my heart look like God's? Am I giving God my body, but keeping my heart for myself? 
because inside the big overall theme of God's boundless compassion, we see a resistant, hesitant, rebellious man of God. So here we go. Picking it up in chapter 1, verse 1. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Mattiah, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa, found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid, and each cried out to his God, and they hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship and had laid down and was fast asleep. So the captain came and said to him, what do you mean, you sleeper? Arise, call out to your God. Perhaps the God will give a thought to us that we may not perish. And they said to one another, come, let us cast lots that we may know on whose account this evil has come upon us. So they cast lots. The lot fell on Jonah. And they said to him, tell us on whose account this evil has come upon us. What is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country? And of what people are you? He said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, what is this that you've done? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. I'm gonna stop right there. There's five more verses to this chapter. Actually, six more. I want you to read. But overall the story, we know that Jonah says, we're having this problem because I'm here. Throw me into the sea. And the men actually rode back. They didn't do it. They tried to save Jonah. They could not throw. They just weren't going to throw him in. But finally, the, every time the resistance of God, the storm got bigger. So they finally picked up Jonah, threw him into the sea. The word hurled gets used many times in chapter 1. They hurled him into the sea and the sea ceased from raging the storm ceased these sailors said that they feared God and offered sacrifices and then right after Jonah's thrown into this massive sea a great fish swallows him up and for three days and three nights Jonah spent time in the belly of a whale. This is the word of the Lord.
Go ahead and be a seven, starting to move towards your best, working, comfortable, yet effort. So, Jonah is a prophet of God, and the word of the Lord came to him, told him what to do. And Jonah does the exact opposite. Come on, anyone, God is telling you what to do. And you know how you know it's God? It scares the poop out of you. You can come up with a list of why it won't work out. And we don't even hear why Jonah wouldn't go. Actually, we will later, we'll learn. But Jonah already knows. <laughs> God, you're, you're going to be too nice to them. They are wicked people. Jonah was giving God his body, but not his heart. Y'all, some of you are here today. There's still a disconnect. You're enjoying the workouts. You're growing in godliness. Your physical value is increasing a little bit, but you're growing in godliness. And guess what? It's God pursuing you. Don't give yourself so much credit. It's God pursuing you. And he does want you to be free and to be you and to be all you were meant to be. And he's calling you, arise and go. But you're rising to flee. It scares you. The things you don't know about this God. But you know he's calling. So all this book is about God's boundless compassion. The question is, are we willing to be the vessel? Your body, your voice, your voice is the most impactful thing. The frequency, the way you can change the atmosphere by a spoken word has so little to do with your ability in your muscles, but in your willingness of your heart. Will you go? When the word of the Lord speaks, are you quick to say, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. And your voice replies, here I am, send me.
God, come and contend with our unwillingness and our hard heart. Have your way. Now, Nineveh is an Assyrian city, not an Israelite city, but an Assyrian city, enemy territory. Oh, come on. Y'all, instructor training's happening right now. And some of you, not all of you, but some of you are being called. And it scares the crud out of you. Why? Because you will have to step into enemy territory. And you will not know the faithfulness and goodness of God if you don't go. We don't get to talk about faith and not act upon it. What part, what place in your life is God calling you into it? And you're running because it scares you. Too many enemies. Remember, God is dealing with Jonah's heart. It's not even that he's scared. He doesn't want to go to these enemies. He doesn't, he doesn't want God to be kind to them. You see, there's something wrong with his heart. He knows that God's going to have compassion on him. He knows. He's like, I'm not going. Which would be weird, right? And we'll learn this later on in the, in the book of Jonah being like, I knew you would do this. <laughs> Come on. Don't we want to be surprised by God? I do. God, the minute I think I figured him out, I got myself idolatry, pride. I got me a God that serves me. I am a child of God. Love serving, losing my dignity in this God of great supreme love. How about you? So we see Jonah's just resistant in all the places. Nineveh is an Assyrian city with great density and population of people. It's a flourishing capital of the Assyrian Empire. Modern day New York City. Old Testament Corinth, modern day Los Angeles. Think big city. And Tarshish, where he goes, is a seacoast, a place where he could catch a ship. Oceanfront property. <laughs> Two very different places to be. If you look at the map, Literally, Nineveh is to the east, Tarshish is to the west. God calls him and says, go east, go in this direction and call out 
awaken the city for their evil is happening and Jonah goes go in the other direction Jonah doesn't even have a discussion with God he just gets up heads in the opposite direction and I find it interesting that it says he went down to Joppa found a ship going to Tarshish so he paid the fare y'all rebellion will cost us <laughs> we just keep footing the bill to get what we want it's costly out of his own pocket he says I'm investing in myself going this way <laughs> such rebellion and he gets on a boat with some pagans people that don't worship him or worship his God and according to the commentators most likely Jonah went in and went to sleep here's something I want to just cast as a vision for Jonah's heart I would propose that Jonah was so comfortable because we know in his time the Israelites are they're comfortable they're benefiting and I think this is a prophet that's in the prosperous times <laughs> and we know in blessings we become prideful we get sleepy amen we get sleepy we are to always stay connected to suffering it's really important friends we don't go looking for it we don't go create it we don't we're not into asceticism which in ancient times it would prove how holy you are these people would put on hair shirts with briars and thorns on it wet to prove that they could wear it like there's some type of varsity team spiritual being we're not into that we don't have to do anything to prove but we will <laughs> this is why you should relish in your weaknesses where you don't want to go there's a grace to go come on come on And I think Jonah was just so darn comfortable. He didn't want other countries and nations to benefit. We get so self-focused in blessings. Come on. Can I get an amen? We get self-focused in blessings. Shoot. We repent, Lord. Come help us. Come help us. <laughs> throw it all into the ocean for the joy of the Lord for the obedience to your call we throw it all into the ocean so Jonah goes down he boards the ship and goes to sleep anyone yes, I'm going to tell you this I also think at this point he knows he's in rebellion it's causing depression <laughs> he is not his best so he goes down in the bellow of the boat 
falls asleep. But a tempest comes on because I'm just telling you now, you guys, disobedience is costly. If we flee from God, the storm will follow us. I promise you, I've seen it. Pay attention. Look at the skies and the sign of the times. What's the common denominator? <laughs> Wherever I go, trouble seems to come with me. And that's the kindness of God. See, but in our pride, we resist. We're mad at God. <laughs> God, come and heal us. In your kindness, you send the storms. If we flee God, the storm will follow us, y'all. I'm telling you, I've known someone in my lifetime, a great person of God, highly gifted, highly favored. But disobedience, and it can just be little, little, one degree turns away from the path of God. One little compromise for our comfort. One little compromise where we change the nature and character of God to meet our desires. And I watched as this person had one trouble after another trouble after another trouble. And I'm here trying to love and speak truth and say, off course course correct course correct but for this person they were convinced the enemy was just trying to get bigger and bigger because they were that important to God I guess shoot humility amen humility gosh we think we're all that important we think we're all the stuff so one degree turn one degree turn to the east or west. Another degree, another degree, another degree. And another storm comes and another storm comes. Pay attention. He is obvious sometimes, but our pride calluses our heart. Jonah's heart was calloused. He knew God. Do you know you can know God and not be faithful? Disobedient, it's costly. And so, uh, everyone, I'm gonna take a little praise break. Ready? Come on, we're gonna shake off the heaviness of this message. It's literally one minute, go. Have fun. If it's not fun, don't do it.
the sudden stop. I did that on purpose, you guys. We have to stop taking ourselves so seriously. Again, we think we're the most, most important thing. We're not. Humility. Jonah is lacking humility, and without humility, there's no teachability. Nothing will get through. Jonah fearing that God might be so kind to others. Y'all, it really is. This is why Jesus says, you want to be the most important person? Be the one who serves. Think of yourself. Sit at the most unhonorable seat at the table. Go low and you'll be raised up. You'll be called up. And in that calling up, don't raise yourself up. The higher I go in the Lord, the bigger what he does. Shoot, the more I feel I have to shrink. Just less. Empty me, God. So rise. Go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. <laughs> How are you doing with any places in your heart that are obstinate towards God? This is the place. This is literally us working out our salvation. But the storms follow us. Don't erect a new theology to make sense of your storm so you can keep doing things you know you shouldn't do. And I have mercy and grace and empathy for all of us because I know if you have lived through much adversity, your brain has been hurt. You don't think optimistically reasonably, compassionately. It's not your bent. And here is Christ offering you his body for that sin. He's saying, get into me. Get into my body. I'll take you where you never thought you could go. You'll say things you never thought you could say. You'll do things you never thought you could do. Get in my body. Verse 12, in the midst of this storm where things are going wrong, now other people are going to be, are paying for his disobedience. And not, not great. Jonah finally says to these sailors, these innocent bystanders, now victims and accomplices to his running from God, pick me up and hurl me into the sea. Then the sea will quiet down for you. For I know it is because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to get back to dry land.
but they could not for the sea grew more and more temptuous against them verse 14 therefore they called out to the Lord O Lord let us not perish for this man's life lay not on us innocent blood for you O Lord have done as it pleased you so they picked up Jonah hurled him into the sea and the sea ceased from its raging the men feared the Lord exceedingly and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows isn't it cool how even in Jonah's disobedience rebellion and the storm God still shows his compassion and kindness to these sailors God uses that mess. Here's the cool thing. If you look behind you and there's wreckage, God and only God can turn it in to something beautiful. Turns those ashes into beauty. He won't waste even your rebellion. If you repent. And I love, it's interesting that that Jonah didn't just throw himself into the sea. And as I studied that, they said, some people think because Jonah knew that if he killed himself, then there might be more blood on his hands. And some say he was just a coward. <laughs> we don't really know why, but he did say, you throw me in. I don't know. Maybe he wanted them to participate with his obedience i don't know but either way as soon as jonah's body hits the water the sea ceased from raging and the man who did not know jonah's god feared this lord and they offered a sacrifice now we don't know if they became believers and changed their ways but we know in that moment they worshiped God, Yahweh. Yahweh, everyone say Yahweh. Here's the cool thing about Yahweh. You can say the word with your breath. Inhale, Yah. Exhale, Way. Just do it in your breath. You don't even need to add tone or texture or tenor. Just the breath, Yahweh. All right, so things are starting to turn around now for Jonah. The storm was a turning point. Jonah's starting to go, this is going to follow me. <laughs> Send me overboard. Kind of Jonah. We see a glimmer of his heart that he is a man of God. That he is a mighty man of valor. Even though we meet him like a Gideon in the cave, threshing wheat with a wine press, he's coming back to himself. Verse 17, and the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish 
three days and three nights. Thank you, God. Thank you that the story of our life is still unfolding. <laughs> that you are, you will use our disobedience to bring about many salvations. Thank you that you're bigger than us. Thank you for those that are listening today that are willing to confess. You say go west or you say go east and they're going west. But as we've hurled ourselves into a sea of sweat today, as we think more clearly with the blood flow to our brain, the oxygen uptake, we repent of making ourselves more important than you, of our comfort being the high king of our life. You are king of kings and lord of lords. Have your way as you call us to walk in your way, seeking your truth and rending life. In Jesus' name, amen.